Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to High and Tight on Game Time CT. I'm Scott Erickson. And we are joined, as always, by Pete Baguaga. Pete, how you doing? Good, good, good. Um, we're in championship mode. We're in championship mode, and I heard that people were confusing uh, us at the SEC tournament. Yes. And yelling, hello, and yelling hello at you. Yes, uh, <laughs> a lovely, awesome parent from Guilford came up to me, and he's like, oh, hello, and did like your <laughs> intro. And I was like, oh, I'm not Scott. Uh, no, but it was great. Not me. Uh, Got a couple of people from the Guilford side. Uh, we're like, yep. oh, we love the show. Um, so that was really cool to hear. Like, mean it to be honest, it really means a lot. Like, you know, we put a lot yeah, of work absolutely. into this, and and uh, it's nice when we hear that people are listening. I uh, the umpire, the home plate umpire, of the SEC baseball finals was like Pete, Pete. Like, I I don't know his name. And he's like, you got to have an umpire on the show. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Like, <laughs> like uh, right, we'll I'll get an that. umpire on that. next year. Yeah. So that I'll was that. that was kind of fun. That was kind of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was cool. So, so yeah. Uh, so the, the the conference tournaments are always fun. Um, again, officially exhibitions don't count for the state rankings, but kids play with a lot of passion there, and it's really important to the kids to win these tournaments. You can see it. Uh, even kids like you know Ward, where I was, like it means a ton to them to be the, to win the FCI for three years in a row. Even though some of those kids, you know, were on the state championship team last year, uh, it's still very, very important to them. Yeah, it's cool, and you get to see it. And I mean, we're going to go through the conference winners uh, in a little bit, but you know, it was nice. The weather held, which was awesome, except for that one Wednesday that pushed. But nothing. Everything the Thursday. Yeah. yeah, nothing went past where it's going to affect Tuesdays, you know, yeah. starters and stuff. So you got to see good matchups. You got to see good pitching matchups in these championship games, which is always important because when games start to get moved late, closer to Tuesday, it's okay. Well, we're not going to go with our number one. We're going to go, you know, maybe with our number three because we need our number one on Tuesday. Because even though the brackets came out Friday afternoon if you're a two seed or whatever, you can do simple math to know that you're playing this team in the first round. And yeah. uh, we know how this works. The seeding is based on records and any ties are broken with PowerPoints. Um, so, you know, even if you're playing a 20 seed and you know, they got a stud, like you're going to save your one to play that stud in week one uh, in round one. So 
it's um it was nice though that the weather held and we got to see some really good matchups in the finals and uh i think that makes it better when you don't see those top pitching matchups in the finals it kind of takes away from it because like i'm not a coach uh obviously but you know for me important is winning a state title yeah if i lose a conference championship whatever if i you know if i can turn around and win a state title i'd be more happy with that fair enough uh i still especially in some of these conferences that making that making it making that run is, is super important i mean you t- try to tell guilford that that wasn't important to them and they have a great shot to win the state but, yeah. but that obviously was so important no, for i'm not going to say it's not important but if i asked nick marullo what would you rather have an sec title or a state championship he's going to tell me what well, he'd rather have a state championship I agree. You have to you have to say that, uh, but I, you know, if you are content uh, with just winning a conference championship, then you'll never win a state championship. <laughs> Maybe you're right. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we did see that you know, and a lot of them, there were the, the teams that we thought would win these tournaments, actually ended up winning them this year. Um, you know, we didn't know in the FCAC, and when you watch those games, Ward, Trumbull, Staples, there's nothing between those teams. Like, it's an error here or, or a missed, you know, a missed bunt here or something. It's a very small margin between those teams. So, uh, one of the top three won. Uh, we had Ellington win. We had Old Lime. Uh, Old Lime's still going, right? The ECC yeah, still going. So, we're recording Friday afternoon. Shoreline, CTC, and the CRAL are all champions are uh, to to be determined uh yeah. so just go to the website to see who won uh tonight our yeah, game time ct will have all that and we'll also have a full state tournament preview for each class with players to watch in each class storylines for each class and my predictions in each class which i will share here later but will also be on that page uh and just for the record i nailed all four champions last year <laughs> all four <laughs> So there's no way I can live up to it. So if I get all four wrong this year. Um, better odds to get all four wrong. <laughs> I have better odds to get all four wrong this year because this year is way more wide open in every class. And we'll get to it when we talk about each class. But last year, I was pretty sure about St. Paul. I was pretty sure about Barlow. I was pretty sure about Ward. Uh, and then Windsor also happened to make it, which was great. But um, I'm not super sure about any team this year. And I, I – who the heck knows what's going to happen in this tournament? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. But like you said, you know, the conferences are done. Uh, so the ECC saw um, – oh, and the ECC is Friday night. So that's what I was talking about, East Lime. Yeah, yeah. East Lime. Um, so Ward won the FCAC for the third year in a row. First team to do it in FCAC history. Uh, Woodland won the NVL over St. Paul for nothing. Uh, the NCCC Ellington took down Rockville um, in five innings. They do they did the run rule, which I didn't know that. I don't know if every conference does run run rules in the playoffs. They I don't know be- about the conference tournament. It doesn't happen often. I know the states yeah. they don't do it. Obviously, yeah, states they don't but, do it. But uh, Ellington was like old Lyme too. They just dominated the NCCC this year, so for them to go win that tournament was sort of fitting. And then uh, in the SEC, it was Guilford winning their first title since. 2007 it was 10 to 7 wild game uh guilford went up real big and uh prep fought back and then guilford scored three more and then prep 
I think put four on the board in the seventh inning. Um, Guilford made some, some bad errors in, in the, uh, in the seventh inning to let prep back in, but weird ending to the game. Maybe this is why we should have an umpire on. So um, it was like a fisted ball that like popped up to the pitcher. Like it was like a ground ball was a little thing. And the umpire initially foul, foul ball. And then the pitcher picks it up, throws it to first. And then they confer and they're like, no, he's out. And it wasn't a foul ball. It was very confusing. It was a very delay. His foot or something or no, it's like, I don't know, to be honest, like, cause it was like at his hands and it just went up down either way. The game was over. It was a very delayed reaction celebration. Uh, but oh. Guilford won. They were able to sneak out and that's huge. We're going to talk about Guilford. Uh, as we move forward. And then in the SWC, Barlow beat Brookfield 6-1 to win the championship. They were the five seed. That's a great coaching job by, by Matt Griffiths at Barlow. I mean, you lose a once-in-a-generation talent in Matt Scott, who graduated last year. They didn't win the SWC last year. And, no, uh, you know, they lose a talent like him, and they go on and they win uh, a pretty even SWC across the board. Uh, so hats off to Coach Griffiths and the Falcons for uh, for winning that championship. First uh, SWC title for the baseball program. And I was, so, I was so surprised to hear that. You know, like, you always think that Barlow's got a pretty steady program up there. They do, and they do have a really steady program up there. You, you think they're going to win a championship, but um, just like Wilton and lacrosse was shocking that they hadn't won since 99. Like, yeah. you forget sometimes that even though a team's really good, and in the mix every year that they don't win the championship. Yeah, and it's hard. It's yeah, Bar- hard. Barlow not winning the SWC. I was very surprised by that. But our dude, Mike Mornabio, had the story. Yeah. I mean, it's a, look, there's a lot of guys back on the team that won the state title last year. Yeah. Uh, and and some really good pitching, uh, yeah. you know, with the Nelson boys. So, yeah. Um, but uh, they know how to win. They're doing great. They know how, they to, know win. how to win. I think they're on a uh, prove everybody wrong kind of thing. You know, they were able to rely on Matt last year. And even Will Scott yeah. was injured for parts of this season. Um, but I think they're out to prove that, you know, they uh they can uh they can they can they can play and they can win without him, um, which is they can know, do awesome. it awesome. Um and I'm I we will talk about them when we get to class when we get to class M, but um they can make a run there too. Yep. <laughs> Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. Um, are you want? Is there more conferences? Or are we going to the states? No, that's it. Uh, Shoreline CTC crawl or CRAL and the ECC are tonight. Um, I mean, I'm going to the CTC finals on Friday night, so read my story if you haven't. Um, Abbott Tech's in there. Uh, we had yep. Coach Ramone on earlier this year. Uh, they made a run, got to the finals. So let's see if they can win another one. Or when no, you're listening I, I, to this, I, I, they may have won. So if you're listening, may to have this, already won. Yes. <laughs> if they already won, congratulations to Abitech. If uh, if they didn't win, then you know get them next time. And congratulations to Grasso Tech. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's start out in Class S, uh, where we always begin. Uh, St. Paul is the number one seed for the third straight season. Not an easy accomplishment. Uh, they made the final one year. They won the championship last year. And now they're back again as the number one seed. Uh, they have Canton and Windsor up at the top of that bracket. Valley Regional, who I think is really a tough team out of the shoreline, is up there. Uh, Wheeler, who had a good season, uh, although they didn't play all the top teams in the ECC. Um, 
Coventry is the number four seed, who has obviously been a team that's done well in this tournament in the past. Chapag, another team that's done well in this tournament in the past, is the number five seed. Uh, St. Bernard out of the ECC, we've had their coach, Coach Livingston, on this show. Uh, they're the number two seed. Uh, Somers, who was in the championship game last year, is the 18th seed. Um, Montville, who has you know fallen off in recent years, but a really strong traditionally baseball okay. town. Uh, they haven't had a great season this year. Uh, HK is in there as the number three seed. Immaculate is looming as the 14 seed down there. Uh, you know, a Catholic school coming out of the SWC. One of the better teams in the SWC this year. And then we get um, the teams you always confuse. Uh, Old Lyme and Old Saybrook could end up meeting <laughs> in the second round. And that, that would really send your head spinning. You know, if Old Lyme and Old Saybrook played. Whoever wins, <laughs> I pick them because I would just <laughs> I would just say, oh, I meant to pick the other one. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I, you know, Class S, really to me like a lot of the conferences like a lot of the divisions this year seems really really wide open what do you think like when you first saw the bracket what what were your first thoughts my first thoughts were get the catholic schools out of class s <laughs> there you go that was my first thought um because yeah. i think they're the two best teams in i think the one and two seed in this division are the top teams in this division um they shouldn't be here uh, they shouldn't be an S. And, uh, you know, it sucks. You feel bad for the Chapogs, the Litchfields, the Derbies, the Summers, the Plainfields, uh, the HKs, the Staffords, the Old Limes, the Oxfords, the Old Saybrooks, who are true class S schools. And you work all year to get into this position. And then you look at it and you're like, well, we drew a Catholic school. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that in other brackets in the other way. But, you know, I, St. Paul is a great program. I mean, Vic does great such program. an unbelievable job there. They shouldn't be in Class S. They shouldn't Let be. Let me tell you something about St. Paul. They have scored double digits 15 times this season, and they have five players, five like full-time players who are batting over 400 in the lineup. That is a mashing lineup that is going into Class S, and they are going to do serious damage to some of these teams. Um, I mean, and look, no offense to Terryville, but Terryville's got five wins and gave up double digit runs multiple times this year out of the Berkshire league. Um, that's a rough one. That's a rough one. I know I you're not a big fan of filling the bracket. If you don't get the eight wins, look, I, they filled the brackets for a couple of them. It was like one team, two teams, um, but uh, a five win team. What do you, Fill in the bracket. It's an educational base, um, you know, athletics and all that. So you're saying like, hey, you can win five games to get the state tournament. Just make sure you're in the right division to do that, because there are seven and six win teams that are really good or are good programs that play in tough conferences that are at home with more wins, but they just happen to be in you know double L, like. And Class S would have faced a situation if they held that where Owen was eight win teams where you know seven teams would have had buys which we're not a big fan of that either uh, and I think buys in baseball is really unfair uh, because not that you didn't earn it but you obviously can save your pitcher for the second round and it gives, gives you a massive massive advantage so yeah. I don't know what the right answer is I don't love to do I. win teams in there but I, I do like the bracket filled out better than a buy uh, in, in baseball um argue it is a buy 
look, maybe. You, you could say it. You never know what's going to happen in baseball. So, yeah, yeah. Terryville could go there and shock the world. But yeah, it's I'm only not, a 15 I'm minute drive. A... I learned that today. Is it a 15 minute drive? That's pretty close, actually. It's a 15 minute drive. I thought they were further away. I mean, all my years of going to Terryville games was like 10 years ago. And I was like, this is in the middle of nowhere. And then I looked it up on Google Maps. I'm like, oh, it's only 15 minutes away. <laughs> Terryville's great. I love the kangaroos. Like, don't get me wrong, but I just. Oh, and the kangaroos. We we're all we're all fans of the kangaroos. Absolutely, we love the we love the the nickname, especially. Yeah. Um. So, what are your thoughts about who could make the final four here? What are your picks? So, Let's make some official picks here. What are your final four picks looking like in Class S? My final four picks in Class S. I got St. Paul and Chapag in the top bracket. Uh, coming from the top bracket, uh, like we we talked about St. Paul, they're really good. It's a really good program. Um, a lot of guys back from the team that won the state title last year. And then, you know, Chapag coming from the other, from the other side. Um, I like them a lot. It's a really good Berkshire league program, a lot of rich history. Um, you know, and, and I like their path, you know, Derby in round one, then they either get the winner of Litchfield wins or locks. I have them getting Litchfield, a familiar opponent from the Berkshire league. Then I have them going on and getting Coventry in the quarterfinals. And Ryan, you know, does a great job at Coventry. You know, it's the most talked about sport for Coventry in the state. Now, their softball team is really good, too, this year. Um, But we've talked about Coventry on the show a lot. And, you know, Ryan does such a great job there. They're good. Um, And that game was kind of a coin flip for me. I'm going to go with Chapag to face off against St. Paul. And then at the bottom of the bracket, I have St. Bernard's you know, coming through and they're going to get HK. I have HK getting past Immaculate in the second round. Uh, you know, Mark Brooks is, is a you know, an all-time coach, uh, 700 plus wins, um, you know, but it just seems like they kind of get bounced early uh, every year. Uh, but I got them coming through, getting through the finals, beating HK, uh, beating Immaculate in the second round and then beating Old Line in the quarterfinals to get St. Bernard's in the semifinals. What about you? Uh, you want me to go fight before you name your final? Yeah, let's do, yeah, because I don't want you to steal my picks. All right, I love it. Uh, I, I'm going to go St. Paul, too, at the top. Um, and then with that with that game in the middle there, I'm going to go Coventry over Chapag. I think both teams are excellent. I think both teams can win that game, obviously. They're four and five seeds, both 15 and five this season. But I like Coventry coming out of there to play St. Paul. Um, St. Bernard... I just don't see with a draw they have them not reaching the semifinals. Uh, East Granby and Somers are interesting out of the NCCC, see, uh, as their possible second-round opponents there. But I think they get through that, and I think they keep moving on, and they make it to the semis. Um, and I'm with you. Uh, I do like old line out of shoreline, but I think HK is the team that's going to come out of that bottom part of that bracket. Obviously, Immaculate's going to give them problems if they play them in the second round. Immaculate has some has some good players, but same reasons that you said. Coach Brooks has been there forever, and I think it's just a it's a really good HK team. They started off the season, whatever they were, 12-0, 13-0, and have played really well down the stretch also. So that's my final four. Huh. St. Paul, Coventry, St. Bernard. Adam Killingworth. All right. So the only thing that's different is you had Chapag, right? Yeah, I had Chapag. You had Coventry. Yeah. That's my that's my Berkshire League bias coming through. Fair you'll enough. See it, you'll see it in Class M too. Um. All right. So for my finals, I have uh, St. Paul and St. Bernard's. 
And uh, I'm going to go with St. Bernard's to win Class S. They are my pick to win Class S in the All-Catholic Championship. Um, yeah, I got St. Bernard's. I, I, I think it's a great story. Um, they had a really, they've had a really good year. I think St. Paul's really good, too. Uh, for me, it was a coin flip. And uh, so, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to go with St. Bernard's. Uh, I'm going to go in my championship. I, I have uh, HK getting there to play St. Paul. And I think St. Paul is going to win it for back-to-back seasons. Class S champions uh, are the St. Paul Falcons. But I do like HK to make that final and, and play against them and hopefully make a really good game, too. That's that's really what we want is, is good, exciting finals. Yes. Which I feel sometimes we're lacking because teams just get spent or – there was Whatever, a good, but... there was a good season, was it 2018 or 2019 when we first started doing the podcast? I think it might have been the first year that we did, or was it no, it wasn't 2018 because we had that blowout in Weathersfield and then Seymour. But it, yeah, it was 2019. Three nothing, one nothing, six three, three nothing. Yeah, fantastic. Those were great. Beautiful. Games. Those were great games. Yeah, that, that's then... what we're that's what we're looking for. Low scoring. And uh, lots of tension, lots you know, lots of action, yeah, and close games, keeping in it, close games. Oh, that yeah. was that was, and then twenty twenty one, there were four shutout wins: one nothing, three nothing, seven nothing, eight nothing. Um, so that was a that and was then, a and fast last year. Last year we had one of the biggest uh, blowouts in the history of the tournament, so that was no good either. Did indeed. <laughs> Speaking of Class M, <laughs> where that happened. Um, very interesting draw in Class M when you look at Woodland as the number one seed who could end up facing in the quarterfinals the team they lost to in the championship, Barlow, who's the number nine seed. Um, Barlow would have to probably get through Weston, who's a conference opponent and would play them tough in the second round. Um, Woodland, I think, is good in the first round. They're either going to play foreign or Goodwin Tech. Um, New Fairfield could be interesting for them in the second round because New Fairfield's played teams really, really well. But I really want to see that quarterfinal. I want to see Barlow and Woodland play again and maybe even get Michael Belcher back on the mound and, and get a little redemption there for for that game. But we'll see. We're not, we're not there yet. Um, then we move down. Rocky Hills, the number four seed. Northwestern's number five. You have Bacon Academy as a 21 seed playing out of the ECC. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the show Ellington, who has been just fantastic playing out of the NCCC uh, C this year. I wish we got that extra C. <laughs> you just call me. One, one of the games I'm really interested in, and I think it's the most interesting game in the first round. And there's two actually in Class M, and it's Waterford against O'Brien Tech, because O'Brien Tech has a pitcher that has thrown three no hitters this year in Ryan Sheehy. Like he is really, really good player. And I know Waterford is, is the blue blood and Waterford is probably the better team here, but that's a very, very interesting matchup to me because of Sheehy and because of what he brings uh, as an absolute ace on that O'Brien team. Uh, then we move down St. Joe's is the seven. And the other interesting game in the first round is number 23 law against number 10, Holy cross. I like Law a lot, uh, not just in this game, but in this tournament. I think they're very dangerous because they have multiple pitchers that can pitch really well. Uh, then you go down to Nanawag as a three. 
Sheehan, who I know you always like and always does well in these tournaments, is a 19. Um, and then we have Abbott Tech as a 6, who has to play Cromwell, which is a decent team out of the shoreline. And then at the bottom, you know, there's University Classical and, and Killingly. So there are some paths here for some really interesting runs that could happen. Uh, what are your thoughts on Class M, your initial thoughts? Initial thoughts, I, it's got a couple of teams that I'm very intrigued by. Um, yeah. And that's not kind of about it, but it's kind of wide open in the middle. You know, I, the two teams for me to pick for the finals were pretty easy. Um, yeah. that doesn't mean it's going to happen, but like you said, there is intriguing matchups. Law Holy Cross is one of them. Um, you know, Shane, Shane's an interesting 19 seed, you know, last year as a 17 seed, they went to the semifinals and lost four to two against Matt Scott. They were in that game. Yep. Joe Morelli was there. Um, and then in totally 2021, in in, were you at that? No, Morelli was at that semifinal game. No, I'm saying they were totally in that game. Oh, yeah, totally in that game. I thought you said you, yeah, yeah. you were there. I got confused. No, I wasn't there. No, no, and then Morelli in there, uh, yeah. 2021, they were a 21 seed, and they got to the quarterfinals, and they lost to Waterford, who I think was the second-best team in Class M in 2021. Uh, they lost 4-2 to two, uh, before Waterford fell to East Catholic in the semifinals. So, like, Sheehan is always in that mix. Doesn't matter what seed they are. I mean, watch out when they're a top seed, because that means that they're really good. Um, yeah, but they're always in the mix, you know, Barlow, you have that like SWC kind of quadrant up at the top, uh, with Weston Barlow, new Fairfield foreign is an interesting team to look at. They got Goodwin tech in the first round. They'll get Woodland in the second round coming off a win three days earlier. Does momentum play a factor into that game? You know, they're coming. It's like the playing games in the NCAA, where like you play as a tw- whatever the playing game is, and then you go, you play two days later, and you knock off a top seat. Uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility here. Um, and Ford played a tough schedule. Yeah, uh, you know they had Guilford twice, they had Cheshire twice, they had Xavier, they had Hamden. And um, if we're gonna be honest, Ford's not throwing their ace in that game. I would imagine. You know they're playing at Tech School, um, so they're not gonna throw their ace. They're gonna be fully rested going up against well. Uh, Welcher, uh, Woodland, and probably <laughs> Belcher. Um, but, um, yeah, it's an interesting bracket for sure. There's a lot of different ways that this can go. A lot of NVL teams in this bracket, a lot of Berkshire League, Northwestern, always in the mix, went to the finals, uh, two years ago. Um, I think they made a run last year. I could be wrong. Um, but they're always a team that's in the mix. Yeah, they lost to Woodland in the quarterfinals yeah. last year. So they're always in the mix. It was two to one. Um, I like them out of here as, as a good team. I like Nanawag as well. Uh, they've been just crushing opponents at the end of the season, just absolutely crushing Berkshire yeah. league opponents. Uh, they're going to get Wilka tech, you know, and then they're going to get the winner of Wyndham tech and Sheen. So they're probably going to get Sheen in the second round. So anyway, it's, it's an interesting bracket that could break a lot of different ways. All right, I'm going to do my picks first. Now, the hardest thing I had to pick, probably in all the tournaments, is that quarterfinal where I think Barlow and Woodland are going to match up. Barlow's got really good pitching. They're playing really well. I really want to pick Woodland because Woodland's played in the semis. They played in the finals last year and the semis the two years before that. I think it's like their year kind of thing. So I'm going to take them to make the final four, but it was really tough with them and Barlow. 
Uh, then I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Rocky Hill. I'm going to take Rocky Hill as the next Final Four team. Uh, I know they've had you know didn't play all the teams in, in the in the CCC, but when they did, they beat them. They played really well. Anytime you're part of the RCP family, the the Rocky Hill, Cromwell, Portland uh, Legion team, shout out uh, RCP Legion. Uh, Rocky Hill is a good baseball town. I think Rocky Hill is going to make the Final Four. Then I do like – I just make sure that I, ha- I wrote this down. Ellington and St. Joe are going to have to play in the quarters here, and that's not great for Ellington or maybe not great for St. Joe's. Who knows? But <laughs> it's a tough matchup. It's a tough quarterfinal for Ellington that I have to try to break through. I'm taking St. Joseph's to make the Final Four out of that part of the draw. And then the bottom of the draw, I, I hear everything you're saying about Nanawag, and I think Nanawag is the best team down here. But man, would it be something special if Abbott Tech made a run to the semifinals, which when you look at the draw is not out of the question, especially when they have two good peach- pitchers in Tyler Meeks and Tyler Waterbury. Both of those kids, two good pitchers, not one, two good pitchers, and I think Abbott Tech can hang with anyone in this draw. I'm taking Nanawag, but I'm really, I was really, really, really tempted to put Abbott Tech in my final four. So that's my final four. Uh, Nanawag, St. Joe's, Rocky Hill, and Woodland. Who's your final four in, in M? All right. Uh, I got Woodland as well. I got Woodland. You know, I got Belcher pitching game one against Foreign. I think they take care of New Fairfields in the second round. And then Belcher, it's Belcher's revenge in the quarterfinals against Barlow. Yeah. Um, then they're going to get, I got them getting Northwestern in the semifinals, a rematch of last year's quarterfinal, which Woodland won, and a rematch of the year before's semifinals, which Northwestern won. Um, they just seem destined to be there to meet. So I got them in one of the semifinals. On the other side, I have St. Joe's, not even a question. Um, they play such a tough schedule. And you know, they're a seventh seed, but that doesn't matter. I mean, they play, they beat Ward, they beat Staples, they were the number one seed in the FCAC tournament. Uh, Tabit is a really good number one. Uh, he can play with anyone. Um, I got them beating, I got them, you know, beating Granby. I got them beating Law. I'm sorry. Yeah, Granby Law. I've been beating Waterford. I think Waterford takes care of Ellington. Um, and I got St. Joe's beating Waterford to get to the semifinal. And on the other side, I got Sheehan. I mean, again, kind of the St. Joe's thing, a uh, little different. Um, St. Joe's was the number one team in the FCAC. Sheehan didn't make the SECs, but they compete. Coach Lombardozzi does such a great job. He won, I think he won a state title there as a player. He coached on the state, the last state title team as an assistant coach. Since he's taken over, they've made deep runs to the playoffs. I think they win their first game um against Wyndham Tech I think they take care of Nanawag uh and I got him beating Cromwell in the quarterfinals and then um they meet St. Joe's in the semifinals with a chance to go to the finals um they were right there last year with Barlow against one of the best pitchers that we've seen um they can hang with anyone they fight um so I got Shane so we got we got two difference we both got Woodland and St. Joe's uh I got Northwestern you got Rocky Hill I got Shane you got Nanawag all right, so then my championship is um, St. Joe's and Woodland, and I think Woodland gets over the hump and wins that state championship, and everyone will be happy in, in 
Speaking false. <laughs> um, yeah, I got Woodland and St. Joe's as well. Now let's go back a little bit. Woodland and St. Joe's played this year. Yes, they did. Woodland won. Belcher pitched that game for Woodland. I imagine it will be the same, you know, same probable starter for Woodland in the finals. And I think they do it again. I think Woodland wins the Class M championship. You know, they get, they break through two great years, two great runs. Uh, and then we could watch Matt Belcher uh, do it again next year. Uh, or Michael, Michael Belcher. Michael, Michael Belcher. Belcher. We got to see him do it again next year as a senior. Uh, so, yeah. So, we both got the same final, the same champion. Woodland, this is interesting. It's just, I just, I can't, I'm not going to say it, but, you know, whatever. Woodland wins the championship against St. Joe's. I would love to see St. Joe's an L or a double L, but there, I said it. Um <laughs> <laughs> St. Joe's are really good. They're a really good team. Riley Jordan. Really good team. And, you know. They're a really good team in, in, in any class is what we're saying. Yeah. Like They're number, they were the number one seed in the FCX. Like, even if they didn't win the title. 100%. Like, they the number three team in the FCX. Like, they're a really good team. If they were in L, I would strongly consider putting them in the championship game in L, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Woodland's the only team that can knock them off. And I think the only reason Woodland can knock them off is because of Michael Belcher. Yeah. All right. So moving on to class L, um, I mean, straight away, 32 Wilton against number one, Wilcox tech, obviously Wilton's out of the FCAC. Uh, Wilcox tech had a fantastic year for, uh, for a CTC school. Um, but that's a tough draw for them to get Wilton in the first round. Bristol Central is a team that started really fast and then really tailed off at the end. They have to deal with Hand, who's a 25 seed. We've talked about Hand on the show before, how we thought they could be a sleeper coming out of the SEC. And then right below them, the team they'd have to play if they do win is Notre Dame West Haven, who I think has to be considered one of the favorites here, made it to the semifinals last year. Woodstock is the number four seed. They get Massick out of the SWC, which is not an easy matchup. And they may have to face either Hill House or Fitch, who's a team they played during the regular season. Uh, Brookfield out of the SWC uh, is there. Then East Lime, who I, I really like. Uh, I really like East Lime in Class L. Uh, but East Lime could run into a very tough North Haven team in the second round if, if North Haven beats Ram. And North Haven could give them problems. Any, look, any team that comes out of the SEC or the FCAC can give any team from another conference a problem. I don't care what their record is. I agree. You just you just get battle tested in those leagues. Yep. Um, Rockville, who made the championship game in the NCCC and lost to Ellington, is the seventh seed here. Uh, Berlin kind of lurk in there as a ten seed. Uh, and then we have Guilford, who we've talked about er- earlier on the show. They have to face the New London team, who was as hot as any team down the stretch. I think that London won. Uh, seven of their last nine or something like that to make eight wins. Like it was kind of an unbelievable run for new London to get here. Um, now they have to deal with Guilford. Who's we think one of the best teams in the state. Uh, number six, Middletown at the CCC Middletown's had some good wins this year. I, I don't know if they can make a run all the way to play at their home stadium. I always kind of root for the, uh, you know, a Middletown team, either Xavier or Middletown to make the final just for fans. But uh, I, I I do like Middletown as, as a number six seed. I think they're I think they're very 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 tough. Uh, what do you see in Class L? What stands out to you? Kind of wide open. 
wide uh, open. I on, agree with that. Wide open. Yeah, this isn't one where like could Massick knock off Woodstock as a twenty nine. Yeah, uh, and I think Woodstock's great. I think they've had a great season. Um, you know, Torrington had like a ten game win streak at one point during the year. Won a game in the NBLs. Um, you know, North Haven you mentioned as a fifteen. Uh, Berlin is a ten. Uh, Middletown is a six. Weathersfield is a twenty-two. Uh, even yeah. Avon, Avon the eleven, the eleven twenty-two matchup. Avon was in the semifinals two years ago uh, yeah. against Han. I mean, these are it's kind of wide open. Bristol Central Hand. I think the winner of that game will say a lot um, about you know either of those programs. Like if Hand wins that game, they're going up against Notre Dame, who they played twice in the regular season. Like, and then yeah. you got Lyman Hall sitting there at sixteen. If they could beat Windsor, even Windsor at seventeen, the winner of that game is probably going to get Wilton, who's a thirty-two. And like, is Wilton hot off that first game against Wilcox or is Lyman Hall or Windsor looking at a quarterfinal spot? Like it is possible. These are kind of wide open. I don't think there's a death group here, like a clump of games that you're like, I wouldn't want to play in that. I think it's all kind of wide open. And I think there's a lot of different, um, there's a lot of different things that could happen. This could be the messiest bracket. This could be like the bracket in 20, you know, 2021 when there were four double digit or three double digit seeds in the double L semifinals, you know, like, and yeah. two 20 plus seeds in the finals. Like, I think this bracket could potentially be that. I don't see it happening, but I think that it could be that. Yeah. I thought and I toyed with having Fitch as a 20 seed in my final four. I didn't do it, um, but I can see a path for it totally happening. Yeah. Um this is to me the most wide open of all the brackets just and the most questions you know all these teams have questions about them and like you said 22 weathersfield they played some tough games this team this year against really good teams yeah and again that's a program that has historically done really well in the state tournament you know but they lost to one to, they lost by one to newington lost by two to windsor um lost by two to windsor again like Played some other really teams. Uh, played Berlin. Played Rocky Hill. So they played some good teams in the CCC up there. Um, very interested in that. And and Avon did too. Avon played some good teams up there also. So that's a tough one. Who's your Who's your final four? Give me your final four now. Um, right at the top, I got Notre Dame West Haven. I picked them to, I believe, go to the L finals or win the L finals last year. Um, doubling down mm-hmm. on that. Uh, for them to get to the semifinals, you know, Kevin Maluski and Nick Hunkley are two of the best players in the state. Um, yep. I'll tell you this. I saw them in the SEC semifinals and like, I remember Kevin Maluski last year. He is so much bigger. Like he got huge. Oaked. He is huge. And he is a ball player. Uh, hit a home run in the semifinals at West Haven. Hunkley is a number one, you know, Bunicor. They got arms. Um, at Notre Dame. And I think that's going to serve them. Well, they've been a top five team in my poll all year. Um, I think they played a really tough schedule and uh, I just think they're super, super talented. Uh, so I got them beating Notre Dame. I got them beating hand in the second round, but I really think the winner of that Notre Dame hand game could do some serious damage. Again, remember hand got to the semifinals last year and lost to Windsor. So hand going as a 25 seed, if they can beat Notre Dame in the second round, well, first they got to beat Bristol Central, but if they can beat 
Notre Dame in the second round, I think they beat whoever comes out of the top of that bracket and they're in the semifinals, but I'm going with Notre Dame. Um, and then the other semifinal spot, I'm going with Brookfield. Uh, they were really good last year, like really good. Um, we had an all stater uh, from them last year on our first team. And I'm blanking on his name. He was good. They they have a really good team. Um, didn't win the SWCs, but I kind of like their route. Um, you know, they got Bunnell, who they played in the SWC. They got the winner of Torrington Caner. So they get Torrington. Then they'll go to the quarterfinals. And then I think they're getting, you know, either the winner of Woodstock and Fitch. And uh, I think they'll beat them. And then I think they'll meet Notre Dame West Haven in the semis. Then at the bottom of the bracket, I have um, I have North Haven coming out of the top part of the bottom bracket. Uh, I yeah. love their route. Um, Ram, I think, is a win. I think they beat East Lime. The SCC is hard. It is a tough conference. The ECC, not as tough top to bottom. Not every game is like a fight for your life type game. Um, and then I think they get Berlin in the quarterfinals. And Berlin is a team that we've seen in the finals a lot. Leo, coach, you know, just got his 600th win. They could be riding high on that, but I think North Haven beats them to get to the semifinals. And then the last semifinal spot, my new favorite boys, the Grizzlies from Guilford. I got them in the semifinals. Uh, New London, strong end to the season. Not as strong as what Guilford just did. I talked on this show. I got I had a Guilford parent tell me. You know, they were very mad that I said that Guilford hadn't played anybody. And uh, then he was like, but you were right. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> by the way. By the you're, way, you're I was really totally upset right that you said that. that, but you were right. But you know what they did? They came out, they beat a <laughs> program in the first round of the SECs. They beat Xavier, and then they beat Fairfield Prep. And when we get to the double L bracket and you hear my picks, you'll understand why I think that those are extremely impressive wins by Guilford. And we haven't talked about this kid at all this year on the show. And it has to be the SEC Player of the Year, Lucas. I'm not even going to have Desheffi. I don't know. Desheffi. Whatever. He's awesome. I'm letting, I'm letting you handle that one. <laughs> Dude, I saw him and I'm like, oh, he's just, you know, this, the SEC Player of the Year sophomore. I went to go watch him get the plaque and I was like, this is a man. He went, he got on base four times. He was three for three. He had the first two RBIs of the game. He had two doubles. He walked in his last at bat, came in, maybe didn't have the juice that he normally has on the mound, but he played great shortstop. I mean, this kid is a player. And so Coach Murillo sent me his stats uh, two days ago because I was working on the state previews and I, he resent them last night. And his ERA went from zero to he got to give up a run. So he actually had a some somewhat of an ERA, but his batting average went from like 470 to over 500 yeah. in, because of the SEC champ, the SEC semis and championship game. So this kid is legit, legit. He's, He's a dude. real good. I can't remember the last time an SEC player of the year was a sophomore. Uh, I don't remember ever. I don't, I don't ever remember a sophomore winning the SEC player of the year. It may have happened at some point. Yeah, it but... definitely, it definitely popped. And look, we asked Joe Morelli, Mister SEC today, and he didn't remember either. So, yeah, we'll have to tap into some other sources. But I don't recall that happening. Yeah, so I got Guilford in the semis. I'm all about it. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, give Nick Marullo all the coaches awards. What he's been able to do, it's been incredible. 
Uh, it was a really rough first year there taking over uh, a program that was a good program. And they had some down years. And, you know, I texted you during the game. And I was like, it's 7 nothing. It's 10-3. And I was like, they play sound baseball. They play yeah. sound. They don't make mistakes. They made a couple in the seventh inning against Fairfield Prep. They're not immune. <laughs> but they played sound baseball. And I think that's a big credit to Nick. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a shady Rays guy. He was wearing his shady Rays. I'm a shady Rays guy. So I, uh, I'm with him there. Uh, so I'm going to rep my shady Rays for the, re- for the rest of, uh, class L, but, uh, Guilford's my last team in the final four. All right. Um, we differ on two. Uh, I like Notre Dame West Haven and I like Guilford also. Uh, I do like Woodstock Academy coming out of that, you know, the, the top middle part of that bracket. And I, uh, I've been a fan of them all year. I've been voting them in my top 10 all year, but East Lime is a team that I think is really good. They have a pitcher who is excellent um, in Alex Dreyfus. Uh, he's six and one, 45 strikeouts and 49 innings. His ERA is floating around one. He also hits like around 400 for them. So I really like, uh, East Lime to come through there. Um, and what's your championship game in L? My championship game in L, uh, I took off my sunglasses. I couldn't really see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my championship in L, I got Notre Dame West Haven. And I got, and we just got a tweet response. I'm not going to say who it was, but the Magical Boys from Guilford. Um, Notre Dame versus Guilford, an all SEC final, and my winner. And I'm going to do this because I'm cool. I'm going with Guilford. Very David Caruso esque. I don't know if you know. I was going to say, yeah, CSI. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have the same final, uh, Notre Dame West Haven and Guilford. I just have Notre Dame West Haven winning. Um, not much between those two teams, very good senior heavy teams. And uh, I, I'm just going to go with Notre Dame West Haven. I think that the way they lost last year, this semifinals has really stuck, stuck with them. And they didn't like the way that game ended. And we're not happy about, you know, the call that they felt went against them that shouldn't have, but uh, I like Notre Dame West Haven to go there. Yeah. Uh, and let's just right. quickly, these two met, April 19th, Notre Dame won 11 to 9. I imagine if they meet in the finals, it will be uh, a lot less runs. Not as many. You never know. Yeah, that's You true. never know. All right. Now we're going to the big boys, the big division, uh, which is really every year it's great. Um, but the last few years, I feel like we, you know, we've sort of thought, oh, this team will come through here. This team will come through here. There is none of that this year. You, there's some really good teams, obviously. You know, we really good teams. But if you can say clearly, like this team's going to make a run through here, I, tell me how and, and explain it to me. Um, we start at the top. Newington's the number one seed. They're going to get a, a stiff test in the second round from either Danbury or Cheshire, who, who are both quality teams. Uh, we have Fairfield Prep as the eighth seed. They have a tough first round game against New Canaan, who has given every team in the FCI like a pretty good run. They didn't win all those games, but they gave them a run. Then there's Maloney, uh, number nine, which could set up a Maloney prep second round game. We talked about Ward and how tough their draw is. 
Uh, they get Simsbury in the first round. They get the winner of Connor and Amity, possibly in the second round. And then at the bottom of their little pod there is Trumbull, Southington, and Glastonbury, who I, I've always liked. I really like Glastonbury. That is probably the toughest road to a semifinal that any team has is that little pot of teams when you talk about Glastonbury, Summington, Trumbull, Connard, Amity, and Ward all having to battle it out in, in those games there. You slide down, Naga tucks the two. They get an SEC opponent in West Haven, who's really tough in the first round. And then if they win, they get the winner of Enfield and Norwalk, who, again, would be very, very tough. Uh, and Norwalk could definitely make some noise in this tournament as the 18th seed. I think we've seen them do that before. Uh, then Xavier is the seven. They have to face Darien out of the FCAC. Um, very interesting matchup in the first round. West Hill has to travel up to Manchester. Uh, if Kyle Kipp pitches, which I don't know. I mean, he just pitched in the FCAC championship game. I would, I would think he'd be ready to roll by Tuesday, but you never know. Uh, Manchester's tough. Then you have Staples as the number three seed. They would face in the second round if they get through Farmington, either Newtown or Richfield, challenging games there. Uh, number six, South Windsor's a team that we didn't really give a lot of love to this year, but I know people from the SC, from the CCC have been telling us all year, like, you know, don't sleep on South Windsor. South Windsor's not too bad. They're going to have a tough matchup because Stanford's got a decent pitcher in Kilatides. Who, who they might have to deal with in the first round, and Stanford could pull the upset there because they have a good pitcher. Uh, but I have heard very good things about South Windsor and then Hamden and Ludlow, an SEC FCAC matchup, which we always love. Man, what do you make of the double L brackets when, when you take a look at this? You know, in 2019, uh, in 2018, we picked this and we were pretty spot on. Um, I think it was Fairfield Prep, Ridgefield, Amity, and Cheshire. I don't think either of us had Cheshire, and Cheshire won the whole thing. 2019, we were pretty spot on um, with Staples winning the whole thing. 2021, I burned my double L predictions after the first round um, <laughs> in 2021. Last year, I think we were we knew Ward was the best team, um, and they proved us right. This year feels a lot like a 2021 burn, you know, <laughs> rip up your uh, predictions because I think anything can happen in this. Yeah. You know, you're looking at Southington as a 12. Southington's a really good team. And then, like you said, Glastonbury's a really good team, too. They're 21. And they're playing each other in the first round, right? Um, yeah. You know, uh, New Canaan's a strong team. Not like super strong, but they got good players. They got Fairfield Prep. Fairfield Prep has struggled to get out of the second round since 2018, right? That Danbury Cheshire, very intriguing matchup. You know, Newington, congratulations, you're you're the one seed. You get Cheshire or Danbury, depending on if you win your first round game against Ken Kennedy. Like, like congratulations for being the one seed. This is what you get. Um, you know, Darianne has shown that. They like to kind of ruffle feathers a little bit. I remember, uh, was it 2021 when they snuck into the playoffs or whatever while they were playing the – they didn't know if they were in the playoffs yet. Then they won two games in the FCX. <laughs> it was like, are yeah. they, they might not even get into the state tournament. They sneak into the <laughs> state tournament. They got to, like, the FCX semifinals. It was like a weird thing. Matt, you know, Coach Scott does a great job there. 
Uh, Newtown Ridgefield is super intriguing. You mentioned Stanford, South Windsor, and then Hamden Ludlow. I mean, God, Hamden, I feel like gets like the worst draws of all time in double L. Like every year, you're like, oh, I like Hamden in this one, but they get like an FCAC team. And you're like, well, I guess anything can happen. Um, right. They lost to McMahon in 2021. Um, McMahon ended up going to the semifinals. So it's just kind of like this wide open bracket. But then when you really look at it, when you really, really, really look at it, there are top teams in this bracket. And if they play their best, they're going to get there. And like, you look at that in the, the quad of death. Ward, Amity, Trumbull, Southington. If all goes according to plan in the first round, you have Ward, Amity, Trumbull, and Southington, right? Southington was the top five team at one point. Amity was in the top 10 poll at one point. Ward has been in the top five all year, and Trumbull has been in the top three the last second half of the year of our poll. All four yeah. of those teams facing off in the second round, we're going to wipe out, you know, two of the top teams in the state are going to be gone before we get to the quarterfinals. And uh, all that, and that second round, Will be teams that were in the semifinals of Double L last year, if if it if it goes that way. Yeah, not all of them, but Ward, Trumbull, Southington. I yep. mean, like that's crazy. Yeah, it's going to be wild, and the, whoever comes out of that, you know, group of death, has an easy road, I think, to the finals. And not easy in a sense of the teams that they're going to play are easy, but like if you can get through that, you can get through anything. Yeah. Um. The final four picks, I, you know, I don't know. They could get blown up. They could get totally blown up. But especially my first pick because of the history of it. And, and I've picked this team before, and I've been burned by them before. And here's my issue with them here. If Danbury beats Cheshire, and let's say Ditcher pitches that game, then Danbury can get – if Danbury can get by Newington, then – Prep, who if they have to get by Duquesne and Maloney, if Prep ends up in that quarterfinal and they're facing Danbury and Ditchler again, he that's where he beat Xavier last year to get Danbury into the semifinals. That's a tough, tough draw up there. But I'm gonna believe in them one more time, and they might burn me again. <laughs> but I'm taking Prep <laughs> to come out of the top of that bracket and make the semis. Um, I just really like Ward. I voted Ward one last week. I've been voting them in my top five all season. I like Trumbull too, obviously. Trumbull has a question at pitcher with Sean Francoeur, you know, because he got hurt at the end of the year. That does leave some question marks there. Um, the winner of Southington Glastonbury, I think, could be a Final Four team as well. But I'm going to move Ward along, and I'm going to make a semifinal of Ward against Prep, which I think would just set people off in Fairfield. So I really want to do that. Um, the middle of the bracket here. I, I like Xavier, you know, like I, I see the path for Norwalk to get there too, but I like Xavier to come through there. Um, I, I don't think Naugatuck as a two is, is a super strong two seed at the NBL. Uh, I like the NBL. I like the NBL baseball, but when you talk about them against, Teams from the SEC, teams from the FCAC, I don't like them as much. And then at the bottom there, while I do think Hamden or Ludlow can make noise, I think that that is Staples part of the bracket to move through to. So I got Staples, Xavier, Ward, and Prep 
as my final four. What do you got as your final four in double L? I have the same four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, I like prep the Danbury thing with Deitcher. You know, you bring up a good point. I was at that game against Xavier last year. Um, yeah. The big thing is going to be, can they get past Newington? Right. And, you know, 2022 Pete would say, of course they can, because the CCC is not good. But that was last year. I think I think Newington's a really good yeah. senior with some really good seniors. So I I, I like that's, I do like but Newington. that's old Pete. That's old Pete. old Pete. There's okay. old Pete. All right. But I think they're gonna have a hard time getting past Newington. Uh if they do and they get prepped, then that's kind of it's gonna be an interesting thing. But I think look, prep won three straight SEC championships, right? And struggled to you know do anything in the state tournament they lost thursday night i hope that this is what fuels their fire to make a deep run here in the tournament they are super talented they are so talented from top to bottom um so i got prep i got ward i think ward comes out of that group of death um but any of those four teams coming out of it would not surprise me um but i got ward because this is a t- winning three straight FCI championships is hard. Okay. They went to the quarterfinals two years ago and then they won the whole thing last year. A lot of those guys are back. Polly, Galvin, my guy, Garrett Larson, uh, Eustace. I mean, Stiletto, Will in center field is having a phenomenal season, a phenomenal Fantastic. season. And he's great at sending in box scores every game for Fairfield <laughs> Ward. Uh, you, uh, was it Garrett Larson told me he's like, Will Stiletto needs to be on your all-state team. And I said, well, we got to look at the numbers, but he's first team all-state for sending in boxes. Uh, him and Nick Marullo, because <laughs> Nick Marullo also senses in every game. Um, like an hour after he won the SEC championship, the Guilford box was in my email. Um, but I got Ward coming out of it. Then the bottom, I have Xavier as well. Um, I like Norwalk's path, though. I really do like Norwalk's path to a potential semifinal berth. But I put it past him? No, they did it two years ago. Um, but I like Xavier. They get over that hump at the quarterfinal. They're going to be at Palmer Field for the quarterfinal. They're not going to let what happened last year happen again. They're going to get the semifinals, and they're going to get Staples. And this is probably the most confusing semifinal to pick. Um, do you want me to go first? Do you want you to go first with double L? Go doing? ahead. All right. Go ahead. So at the top, it's prep versus Ward. I'm going to take Ward to go to the final. Um and then Xavier Staples is going to be hard because I'm going to tell you this. There is no way, no way that Hero Wyatt is pitching in the semifinal. He's starting the semifinal game. Like, if they get this far, it is going to be because he is going to get them this far and he is going to be lined up to pitch in the championship. And that's that's the way we, Jack normally does it. Could we see Hero coming out of the bullpen in the semifinal, a la Chad Knight, twenty nineteen? Absolutely, but Hero yep. will not be starting the semifinal game if I was a betting man, right? So now it's interesting. It's can Staples hit against Xavier? Enough? Can they score enough runs early to kind of jump out ahead and let Hero come in and slam the door? Because if Xavier can score early, Staples might be in trouble. Because Staples can hit, but they've also shown times that they can't. And um, what Staples team is going to show up in this semifinal game? I have Staples 
winning this game and getting to the finals to play Ward. Um, Because I think they can, but it's just something that is of level of concern. They have a good lineup, but sometimes it does go silent. But I have Staples going to the finals against Ward. When I went over to Ward a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to Griffin Polly, and this was before the conference seating was out. And uh, I was like, you know, Ward Staples FCAC final would be pretty sick. And he's like, yeah. And I said, what about Ward? What about Ward Staples FCAC finals and Double L finals? And Griffin Polly was like. I would sign up for that. Yeah, I guess so, like, he would sign up yeah, for that. Yeah. Yeah, me too, Griffin. I will <laughs> sign up for that as well. I got Ward and Staples in the finals. Uh I like changed it almost as like I was like almost changing it as you were saying it. Um because I've seen Staples a couple times this year. And the problem I've seen him lose twice because they made errors in the field essentially and they didn't hit enough, like you said. Like in those games that I saw, um, it, it was errors and and not hitting enough. The pitching's obviously fantastic. Like even beyond here, Wyatt, when you talk about all the kids that they have lined up behind him, the depth of that pitching is so good. Um, I really like Fairfield Prep's lineup. So I have Staples playing Fairfield Prep in the championship game. And I think I really wanted to pick Prep. But I think if you get to that championship, that hero's pitching. And if hero's pitching, hero's going to win the championship. And he's going to follow Matt Scott, Frankie Mazzucato, and Chad Knight as winning state championships and then winning our uh, MVP of the game time CT All-State team. That's my prediction. So I'll take Staples over prep. It's a good, good, good prediction. Uh, I got Ward getting back to the finals, like I said, against Staples. It's hard to win conference titles and then state titles. And it's even harder to do it twice in a row. And for that, that is one of the reasons, not the only reason. But I am going to... um, I'm going to go with Staples. If Hero Wyatt is on the mound in the state finals, no one in their right mind is going to pick against Staples. He is hands down the best player in this state. He is hands down the best pitcher in this state, CIAC and prep school. He is the best. And when he has the ball in his hands, it's going to be for a hundred and whatever pitches he needs to, to get through that championship game. He is a baller. And he is unbelievable on the mound. And if Staples can get to the finals, there is no doubt in my mind. You can clip this. If Staples gets to the finals and Hero White is pitching, there's no doubt in my mind that they will win a state title. I agree. And I don't think there's anyone particularly close to him this year in terms of being the best player in the state. He's been so dominant pitching. He's also hit really well. Yeah, I know he's probably not going to hit after he leaves high school, but he's hit pretty well too. But when you throw in the mid nineties, which he legitimately throws in the mid nineties in games, consistently, not yeah. in, not in a batting cage in February when you're running up and throwing the ball from the pitching mound in a game, he is throwing mid, even touching upper nineties, and his slider is the nastiest slider I've ever seen in high school. I don't know how anyone is supposed to hit it. The only chance you have with Hero is to sit on a fastball, guess fastball, 
and try to get your back going fast enough to hit it, that's your opportunity. Because you're not touching that slider. You're not touching it. So if he's on the mound, I agree with you 100% that he's going to win this thing for Staples. Now, could Staples get knocked out earlier in the tournament for all the reasons that we said? Yes. Yes. It's not a vintage Staples team, but I think they're excellent, and I think their pitching is better than anyone else's, hands down. And I think Ward is second in that category. Yeah. I just hope if Staples does get to the finals, we see a really clever sign from their opponent, like in 2019 uh, when they played Southington, and one of the Southington fans had a sign that said, Duke is a basketball school. One of the all-time funniest signs I'd ever seen. Like It was like smack talk, but also really clever and like funny. Like, you know, if someone had a sign that was like, USC is a football school, um, that'd be really funny. But... Um, yeah, I, I think double L, I mean, look, let's be honest here. We're probably going to be wrong on the a good majority. Yeah, totally. Of these. Uh, I, I, I think I have mine all written. I have mine all like written 2021 is, is like probably what it's going to happen here. Yeah. Is that like, we like those top teams a lot, but this could be a 2021 situation where we're yeah. looking at all double digit seeds <laughs> in the final four. It's going to be wild. It is. I mean, you, you, you talked about West Hill. Like, if they can win that first game and then they get Xavier, if they can beat Xavier, they keep in the quarterfinals. Look, Eric Osterhaus, who didn't pitch great all season, pitched really well in the, in the FCX semifinals to get them to the yeah. championship game. If he's on and that he's a legit number two and he's like what we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season – yeah, watch out for West. Yeah, because like, like if he if he goes against Manchester and beats Manchester, and then Kip has round two against Xavier, they're in the quarterfinals. And I know that final was six one. It was six one. Ward Ward scored four runs in the top of in the bottom of the sixth. Yeah, and the game got a little out of hand. West Hill was right there, toe to toe with them the entire time. There's like three plays that I'm not going to talk about here, but there's three plays that happened. That completely changed the game. Otherwise, West Hill is potentially winning that game and winning the FCX championship. Yep. Anyway, baseball. It's going to be so. It's going to be so fun. Uh, let's just hope that there's no rain, and that we get all our games in on time, and and everyone has fun. I'm really looking forward to these games. I cannot wait for Tuesday for the games to start, for the scores to start rolling in. I can't wait to be at semifinals, and I obviously. Neither of us can wait to be at Palmer Field, which is one of our favorite things to do all year, my if favorite. not our favorite thing. Favorite. It's my favorite. It's my favorite, too. I love Mohegan, but, man, I love Palmer Field. I love I, Mohegan. I, I just love baseball so much. Like I love Mohegan for, like, a game, and then I'm like, there are nine more. <laughs> there are like, too many. There's I don't love it anymore. Games. Yeah. Like, I don't love it that much. There, but I do love – Mohegan's fantastic, and obviously the crown jewel of what they do. But for you and me, and if you're a baseball fan – Palmer's the place to be. And, and those two days are just fantastic if you're a high school baseball fan. So look, go out and see these games. Check out all the coverage that we're going to have on Game Time CT. Not only are we going to have the previews of every class, but we're going to have full scoreboards up there. So you don't need to go anywhere else except Game Time CT. You can find all the information on every game, every night. And we're going to have those scoreboards updated as soon as the games end. We're going to be updating them, and we're going to be writing recaps of the first round, the second round, quarterfinals. We got it all for you, man. So if you like high school baseball, this is the place to be. Um, and listen we'll be back stuff. next week with a like a quarter, what a quarterfinal preview, or oh no, we'll be uh, 
It'll be a semifinal preview, right? Or we'll, we'll figure uh, it out. Yeah, we'll figure so it out. We'll maybe, figure it out. Maybe we come back after the second round or something for a quick little turnaround. Or maybe I just jump on and go over it quickly. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We will figure it out. Uh, but for now, for Pete, I'm Scott. And we will see you next time on High and Tight. Love you all.